So ever since uh, getting involved with Campus Crusade, back in my college years, we always taught, we always learned about the Holy Spirit. And that's why uh, it's a topic that never goes out of date, whether you're, you're young or whether, you're, whether you've been walking with him for years. Uh, we always need to be refreshed and reminded about the Holy Spirit. And my words are totally not important, but God's words are supreme. And that's why today we're going to hear a lot from God's word, and I trust that I will let his word speak clearly and not get in the way. Also, a disclaimer, when we talk about God, we're trying to describe the indescribable. Knowing a bunch of facts about God or being able to list his attributes is not the same as knowing him. His ways and his thoughts are far, far beyond ours, as he tells us in Isaiah 55. And we realize that in all of this, we see only dimly as through a cracked and a dirty window, 1 Corinthians 13. But we long for the day when we can see him clearly and know him personally. So let's, uh, let's pray. Oh God, you are so great, so awesome, so beyond us uh, that we, we know that we cannot understand anything apart from the enlightening and the empowering of your spirit. So as we talk about you, as we talk about your spirit, would you uh, teach us? Would you speak to us through your holy word today? that our lives would be changed, uh, and that we would live lives not in our own power, but by your surpassing power. And we pray this uh, for your glory in the great name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. All right. Who likes cars? Anyone like cars out there? Any car guys? Okay. Well, can you imagine the look, look on your friends' faces when they see this Porsche in your driveway? Man, oh man. But imagine that you never drove it. Imagine that any time you wanted to go somewhere, you got behind the car and you pushed it. That would be pretty lame, right? Oh, I, don't, I, didn't, I spent all my money on the car. I cannot afford gas. Now, that's kind of a stupid illustration, but it makes the point that trying to live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit, is like having a Porsche with no gas in it. And that, that brings up some good news and some bad news. Okay, and I'll share the bad news first. Go ahead, Dexter. The bad, here's the bad news. The Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. It's impossible in our own strength. But there is good news. The Christian life is possible, but it's only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we were in Thailand, uh, we rode around a lot in these, in these taxis. Uh, sometimes we were in them for a long time. So we had all kinds of conversations inside the taxi. And one of the, one of the topics was, if you could go back in time, where and when would you like to go? And, of course, someone always says, well, I want to go back in, to Jesus' time. I want to hang out with Jesus and walk with him and talk with him. And that would be awesome. That would be truly great, right? But Jesus said something amazing in John chapter 16. Now, in all of John 13 through 17, he's getting ready to, to go to the cross and leave, and so he's preparing them 
for many chapters for his impending uh, the passion, all that's going to happen. So he said to them an amazing thing in John 16, and uh, uh, one of the readers is going to read this. And yeah, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. That's pretty amazing, right? Go ahead and flip the slide and so I can highlight just that one middle sentence there. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Just think, after his resurrection, Jesus could have stayed forever on the earth and had people come and worship him forever. But if he did that, he still would only be in one physical place at a time. But now, through the Holy Spirit, he inhabits all believers everywhere. That's you and that's me. And that's why it was best for the disciples and it's best for us that Jesus went away so that the Spirit comes to live in us and work through us. But let's, let's be honest here. Do our lives, do our lives really look that different from, from the non-Christians around us? Or are we simply doing things that can be achieved by our own strength, our own intelligence, our own gifts. I play tennis with a guy. Uh, his name's SM, and he's from Egypt, and he's a Muslim. And he's fairly devout. And he prays a lot, and at Ramadan, he fasts. And if you know the Ramadan fast, it's no food or water from sun up to sunset. So I like to play tennis with him on those days because he can't have a drink. And I have an advantage. He's just pretty wiped out. You know, it's hot. But I ask him after this time of fasting, I say, SM, do you feel any closer to God? Do you think you're any more worthy because of all this? His answer is always the same. I hope so. I don't know. You see, all other religions and faith systems give us a code of conduct or a list of rules to live by to earn favor with their deity. Only followers of Jesus are actually given the power to accomplish the life he calls us to. I'm going to share some scriptures, uh, and my readers are going to re read them, and each scripture is going to have a question uh, that goes along with it. And please know that these are not meant to cause guilt or condemnation. I certainly would not ace this test, but, but I hope these things help us to dream about what our lives can look like. Go ahead and bring up the, uh, the first one. Okay, readers. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no such, or there is no law. Ask yourself, have I, or have the people around me noticed that I'm growing in any of these characteristics of Spirit-filled living. Okay, next one. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Am I experiencing God's hope 
joy, and peace, especially in the midst of challenging circumstances. Okay, next one. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Have I experienced God's power to do something I would not ordinarily be able or willing to do? Has anyone around me, uh, has anyone around me been even a little bit surprised, much less astonished, by anything I've done or said? Next one. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will, Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Do I ever sense the Lord instructing me or bringing to my mind parts of his word that I've memorized? All right, here's a bit of a prayer from Ephesians. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now that's an interesting passage, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That's kind of an oxymoron, right? But through the Spirit we can. Am I growing in my understanding and experience of God's love? Next one. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit's power specifically came so that they could witness for Christ all around the world. Have I ever shared my faith in Jesus with someone, even in spite of my fear? Last one. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is my normal condition one of praise and thanksgiving? Do I sing to God? Do I talk to others about Him? These are all signs of walking and being filled with the Spirit. And I'll, you know, I'll confess, a lot of times I'm walking around singing some rock song or some Broadway musical. It's okay to sing a rock song or Broadway musical, but what's my normal, what's my default thing that's on my lips? All right, so all these things, again, all these things don't happen in our life by just trying harder. We planted a fig tree in our, our garden um, a few months ago, and uh, it's already starting to grow some figs. Uh, Daryl and June have been feeding us with their figs ever since we've known them, and we, we love them so much that we're trying to have our own so we don't have to mooch all their figs. Um, now, a fig tree, when it's time for the fruit to come out, the fruit comes out. If you went out there, if I went out to my garden and listened in the still of the morning, this is what I would not hear. I would not hear the tree going, 
Okay, the tree is not straining to produce figs. Figs are what the tree naturally produces. And in the same way, when we're connected with Christ, the fruit of the Spirit naturally comes out in our lives. A fruit happens in our lives as we increasingly and daily surrender control of our lives to Him. I don't even have time to look at John 15, but if you are familiar with that passage, he says, abide in me, and, uh, and let my words abide in you, and the result is that we will, uh, many, many great things will happen, but they, we will be fruitful and bring glory to him. We have some more scriptures that, again, give us some more facts about the Holy Spirit. I'm not even going to comment on these. I'm just going to let the scriptures speak for themselves, hopefully, and let's just uh, let God's word minister to us. The first one. The Holy Spirit is a person. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is active in creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, the Holy Spirit is God in us. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. All right. And uh, going along with that, he inhabits all believers. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not be belong to God, to Christ. Okay, and the Holy Spirit is our down payment or guarantee. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And finally, the Spirit, he makes us his children and then assures us of our sonship or our daughtership. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. All right, all these things are just scratching the surface of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our life. And I hope that what I'm sharing today makes you eager to learn more 
Because what we're seeking is not just more knowledge, but it's knowledge applied to our lives. Now, in any discussion of the Holy Spirit, there are some extremes to avoid, and we're going to show a video that illustrates those extremes. All right, so my, my, wife and my wife really likes this video mainly because she thinks it demonstrates uh, her and me. You can guess which one I am. <laughs> I'm the one rocking out, and she's the one with her hand up saying, get away, you're too crazy for me. So, uh, so the extremes that this silly video illustrates, the first, the first extreme in the Holy Spirit is you can be one uh, go ahead, Dexter, who ex uh, seeks experiences all the time. And you, some people believe that you can only show that you're filled with the Spirit by speaking in tongues or having some other supernatural manifestation. Now, the problem with that approach is that you can wind up seeking the experiences or trying to see something supernatural happen all the time rather than simple day-to-day -day guidance and empowerment by the Spirit. Uh, you may even feel entitled to ask God for miracles all the time and then be disappointed when they don't happen. So that's the first, that's the first extreme. The second extreme is excess caution. You're wary of people who go overboard and seek these experiences. Uh, you think these charismatic people are crazy. You're not even sure speaking in tongues is a valid gift in the church today, that it was only for the people of the first century. Well, the problem with that approach is you can really limit yourself. You can limit God. Your life has no chance to demonstrate his power. And you rarely listen for the Spirit's voice because you're not even sure that he speaks today. And speaking of the Spirit speaking, that brings up the question, how do you, how do you listen to God? How does God speak? Well, the number one most reliable way is through his word. Hebrews 4 12 tells us that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So God's Word is the number one way to listen to God and reading His Word. And again in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. And the second way to listen is through God's trusted people. Uh, Proverbs 11, in the abundance of counselors, there's victory. I had a, an associate who said to us a rather startling statement. He said, I often hear the audible voice of God. It sounds a lot like my wife. This is actually true for me, too. My wife says many wise things, and when she's walking with the Lord, it's incumbent on me to listen and, and hear what she's saying. And the third way is listening to God in prayer and then making sure we test everything 
again, against his word and his wise counsel. If someone comes up to me and says, I believe God is, is leading me to leave my wife and run off with the secretary, I'm pretty sure that he did not hear from God on that, all right? I want to get real practical here. Uh, some time ago, my staff team, we got together and we were brainstorming about the fruit of the Spirit. And we thought to ourselves, what are the opposite of all these fruits of the Spirit? Uh, to put another way, what would a life look like that is not filled with the Holy Spirit? So we, we listed out a bunch of things. For instance, love. Uh, you know, what's the opposite of love? Well, hate, apathy, anger. You know, we, we listed all these things, right? And then we just went down the list. What's the opposite of joy, Dexter? It's the next one. Love, joy. Anyway, it's, uh, you know, opposite of joy is pessimism, all these different things, okay? So we listed out all these things, and then um, we, we came up with this exercise. And you've seen exercises or meditations that involve breathing, right? You know, you, you, you close your eyes, and you relax, and you inhale, and then you exhale. And, and actually, uh, there's a thing called spiritual, or uh, an exercise called spiritual breathing that, that the Dr. Bright, the leader of Campus Crusade, came up with uh, decades ago that talks about inhaling the spirit and exhaling. Exhaling is like, it's when you confess and repent of your sin. So what we do with this exercise is we just pray. We go to God in prayer, and, and we say, uh, we, we, we close our eyes, and we just breathe in. And I say, Lord, as I inhale, I receive your love through the Holy Spirit. And as I exhale, by faith, I put away hatred. I release my anger, my rage. I ask you to replace my grudges with your love. And thank you that you do all this through your Holy Spirit who lives in me. And I do that with joy, and I do that with peace. And you can pray through all, all the way through the nine different parts of the fruit of the Spirit. And you can customize this for yourself. I don't struggle with rage, so I don't have to spend a lot of time asking God to remove from me rage. But I can be lazy. I can be undisciplined and distracted. So when I do this, I focus on later down the list on faithfulness and self-control. Lord, remove from me this, this tendency to laziness. Fill me with the, the Spirit's fruit of faithfulness. So, yeah, so this is what, this is what the whole uh, sheet looks like. And, of course, we've not listed all the possible opposing attributes to the fruit of the Spirit. And so uh, you may want to make a copy of this sheet and add the things uh, that are most relevant to you. There's actually a QR code on there in case you want to take a picture of it. But also it will be available on the, on the website, too. So don't feel like you've got to rush and take a picture of that. But I just did that just in case. All right, we're going to go back. Well, I'll, I'll let that sit up there for a minute just in case anyone wants to take a picture. So, once, once again, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let's look at that one more time. Yeah, I think it's on there. Let me read that one since I've been putting such a burden on my readers. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I'd like to point you to a few resources to learn more. Like I said, I hope this is just whetting your appetite uh, to learn more about the Holy Spirit. So the first one is a book uh, by Francis Chan. I love this book. I just read it again recently, getting ready for this sermon. But if you're not the reading type, if you're just the watching a video type, he has videos. <laughs> so you can watch the videos. If you are really hungry for this, you can maybe get your small group to go over these videos uh, in your group. They're on Right Now Media, which we have as a church subscription, or they're also on YouTube. There's also a booklet that we, that uh, you may have seen a little blue booklet from Campus Crusade uh, called the Holy, we call it the Holy Spirit booklet. The latest version is called Satisfied, and it gives a summary of what it means to understand and walk in the Holy Spirit. I have a limited number of those in the back if you want to grab one in the back. And if you're more the digital type, uh, there's an app called God Tools, and you can use this to, you download this, and it's got this on it, and it's got all kinds of evangelistic materials, and it's also in multiple languages. So if you encounter someone out and about that only speaks Russian or Thai or Hungarian, you can actually share the gospel with them with an app on your phone. I'm going to end with a story. Uh, Bill Bright told this story about a man years ago uh, uh, in Europe who wanted to go to the New World. He wanted better opportunity. He saved up all his money, and he bought a ticket on a ship to America. And he, 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 it, it took all his money to do that. And so he also packed a, a bag full of sal uh, saltine crackers. And every day on this, on this long, weeks-long cruise, because back then it took weeks, okay, on a steamship, he would sit in his cabin and eat his saltine crackers and drink his water. Once in a while, though, he'd go out on deck and he'd walk by the dining room and he'd peered through the window and saw people eating steak and shrimp and chicken and salads and beautiful desserts. And then he would go back to his room and eat his crackers. One day the voyage was nearing its end and you could see the, the shores of the USA off in the distance. And one more time he went out on the deck and he looked through longingly at the people eating the buffet. And the ship's first mate happened to come by and he said, sir, why are you looking in there? And he says, oh, I just you know, wish I could eat the food. And the first mate said, sir, your fare includes the food. You could have been eating that beautiful, delicious food the whole time. Why should we sit and eat saltines when God has paid for our ticket to the buffet? By his grace, let's partake of the rich and the daily feast he offers through the Holy Spirit. Let's tap into the awesome power he promised, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead so we can live fruitful, supernatural Christian lives that advance his kingdom and bring great glory to him. To close, I'm going to pray over us uh, this passage from Hebrews, 
which fits perfectly with what we've talked about. Pray with me. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.